All right. Welcome back. This is the Damn American Podcast. My name is Scotty H. I am your host. And uh, we're going to be looking back at match week 11 of the English Premier League in this episode of the podcast. Um, we've got nine games to talk about. Just nine because uh, Newcastle and Aston Villa got postponed. I'm not sure when they're going to play that game, but it was postponed from Friday until when? Who knows? Uh, for COVID reasons in the Newcastle camp. So hopefully they get that figured out. We can have a full slate next weekend. We got uh, the end of the Champions League midweek games here is today. So we'll have uh, Premier League games midweek, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not sure that, how that's going to go, but uh, we'll just kind of jam it all in there and hope uh, hope we get 38 games played for each team. Um, but yeah, so not nine games to talk about. Uh, we had some some interesting games, some some good games, uh, some high scoring games, but um, you know no real you know, title you know, deciders or or still early in the season or you know no real relegation uh, battles yet. So um, yeah, but it was it, we had some statement wins. Had uh, you know Liverpool winning four nil, Tottenham winning two nil against Arsenal. It's a big win for them. Uh, Chelsea coming back, uh, Manchester United coming back, Manchester City looking like um, it's just way too easy for them. Um, but we had some we had some uh, some statement wins, I would say, with some of those teams uh, looking to to win the title this season. I think I think as of right now, we've got four legitimate title contenders, maybe a fifth with um, with Manchester United, depending on how if they can resurrect their home form a little bit. Uh, but their away form has been fantastic. They've won their last nine uh, away games, and I, I think a lot of them. I think four. I think the last five in a row or so have been uh, comebacks, which is very impressive. Um, so we'll see if they can start playing well at home. They might actually be in contention for the title as well. Uh, but but let's get started with uh, Burnley and Everton was our first game of the weekend on Saturday, early Saturday morning for me. Uh, this game finished 1-1. Burnley scored very early. Second minute, Robbie Brady, long-range effort, beat uh, Jordan Pickford um, at his far post. Uh, really good goal, really good strike. Uh, didn't expect uh, Burnley to score in this game, to be honest with you. So I, I, I put I put some money on the under, and that uh, I think Burnley scoring really killed it. Um, I figured I figured Everton would, would get at least one, uh, hoping for two, but... Uh, Everton were only, only able to score one goal, and it came through Dominic Calvert-Lewin in first-half stoppage time. Uh, second half was pretty much all Everton. Um, I think Pickford had one or two saves to make, but uh, Everton were were pushing for the winner uh, for the majority of the second half. You know, Hamas had a Hamas had a really good uh, shot saved by Nick Pope, and Sigurdsson had a really good chance late on um, that once again Nick Pope saved. Uh, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. I really like watching him play, and he he definitely gets a lot of experience with that Burnley back line. He's uh, <clears throat> he's called into action uh, more than a few times, and uh, it shows. He's uh, he's a very good goalkeeper. I think he'll be England's number one. I would hope he is, because I, I I would I would put him at top of that list um, pretty easily, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what Everton dominated the stats. Um, they had 60% possession, uh, five more shots on goal. So um, if, if anyone's going to win this game, it was going to be Everton, but they were just weren't able to to find that uh, winning goal. 
Um, I had a unit on Everton to win and they didn't. And I had a unit on the over two and a half and that also didn't hit. Uh, so an Everton goal here would have been fantastic, but instead I, uh, lose two units on the first game and, uh, I had a pretty bad start to, um, to the weekend, uh, especially with the second game, which was Manchester city and Fulham that ended two nil. Um, this game could have easily been another five nil like city putting, put on Burnley last week. But uh, I don't think City really ever felt the need to to um, to step on the throat of Fulham at all. They didn't really threaten um, to score uh, against City, so um, it was disappointing to see City only score two goals. But they easily could have scored four or five. Sterling missed an early chance, and then uh, he could he could have easily could have had two goals in the first five minutes. Um, but he scores in the fifth. And he also wins a penalty in, in uh, about the 24th minute, something like that. And uh, Kevin De Bruyne scores, making it 2-0. And from then on out, it was all City. And um, they created some half chances. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne hit the bar in the 50th minute. Ruben Diaz had a good chance of a free kick, but uh, nothing nothing too crazy. Riyad Mahrez is fantastic. I love watching Riyad Mahrez play. It's very impressive to watch a guy who you know what he's going to do you know, you know, Riyad Mars is going to be on the, on his left foot and you still can't stop him. You still, you still can't stop him from playing incredible balls in and crosses and through balls and, and it's all left foot and you know, he's going to do it. You know, what's coming, but you can't stop it. So it's always fun to watch him play. Uh, I really enjoy him. I think, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's one of the best wingers in the league, I would say. Um, but yeah, City never had to get out of first gear for this one. Uh, they win. Uh, they had seventy percent of the possession, had uh, five times as many shots on goal, and um, they end up costing me money because they don't score more. Uh, I had one uh, a little over one unit on City to win by three, and they didn't. And then I had uh, another unit on the over three and a half, and that didn't hit. So first couple games, I'm minus 3.75 units, and uh, it's not looking good for me, but uh, thankfully, West Ham and United played next, and I got those right. Uh, Manchester United win this game 3-1. A um, couple things to start. Dean Henderson gets gets a start here over De Gea. I'm not sure if he was hurt, but I know he did play in the Champions League game yesterday. Um, also, Bruno Fernandes did not start. Um so uh, probably another rest situation for the Champions League, even though they uh, didn't go through yesterday. Um, another thing, uh, this is the first game back with fans since uh, since March 9th, which was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see fans back in the stands. Um, I think some of the rules were there's no hugging or singing or, you know, things like that. And it's like, well, then what are we doing here? Uh, so, but that, that rule was not followed, thankfully. Um, but uh, as far as the game goes, um, first note was Jared Bowen tore up the right side, tore up the left side of Manchester United's defense. Uh, tell us uh, he ran him ragged uh, throughout that first half. It was fun to watch. Jared Bowen's a really, really good little winger, a uh, really good player. Put a couple crosses in. He had one for uh, four nows that uh, I think Pablo put Pablo Fornals put in the in the side netting, which was disappointing. Um, but it took 38 minutes for, uh, West Ham to take the lead, uh, corner kick and Thomas Suchek at the back post knocks it in. Um, after that, 
uh, it was all Manchester United. Manchester United scored their first goal in a pretty controversial fashion, I would say. They uh, they scored in the 65th. Paul Pogba was a, was a fantastic goal. It was a really well-taken goal. But uh, Dean Henderson playing the ball up the right wing, and the ball goes out, doesn't it? The ball... I don't. I don't see any way how it didn't go out. I based on where he kicked it from and where it landed, and the curve on it. I don't think there's any way that ball didn't go out of play. And you can see David Moyes kind of clap when Henderson kicks the ball out, and then they just keep playing. And he puts his arms up like, "What in the world's going on?" And I'm saying the same thing because that that ball's clearly gone out of play. Uh, if you have any common sense about you whatsoever. Um, but they give the goal. VAR doesn't have a camera right down the line, right on the sideline. That may change after this. But um, yeah, that ball's out of play, and I, I don't, uh, you know, to give Manchester United's, Manchester United's first goal on that, uh, it was interesting. But they they give the goal. It's one one, and then uh, Mason Greenwood has a really good first touch and a really good finish uh, to make it two one. <coughs> Excuse me, and um. Yeah, and after that, it was all united. Floodgates kind of opened. Uh, Marcus Rashford hit the post in the 72nd, and then Marcus Rashford scores a little chip um, over Fabianski in the 78th with a Juan Mata assist. Really good goal. Um, Henderson had a really Dean Henderson had a really good save in the 84th. But other than that, this was a this was a game that West Ham was hoping to win one nil, and United had other, had other ideas. Even though their first goal came, uh, you know, the way it did. Uh, but the stats look like just how, how you'd expect. Manchester United had more possession, uh, more shots, and um, yeah, that's it. They're the better team. They're the more talented team. I expected Manchester United to win this game. That's why I had a unit on them to win. They were getting plus money, so I'll take that. And then uh, also had a couple uh, unit on the over two and a half, so that hit. Um, so I, I gained two units back of the ones that I lost early in the day. Um, it was a good game. It was a fun game. It's a, uh, it's it's always it's always fun watching United go down and then you know, see what it takes to, to for them to bring it back. But um, they're they're I think sixth right now after all the weekend games have been played, uh, with a game in hand on the on the teams above them. So they're right in the thick of it. Uh, I think they if they win their game in hand, uh, I think they're two back of Tottenham and Liverpool at the top of the table. So um, yeah, they're they're nowhere near out of it. Uh, like they were last year, this 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 time last season. Um, so yeah, win two units there, can't complain. Uh, the next game of the day, last game of Saturday, I believe, or was this game? No, it was it was the last game of Saturday. With Chelsea and Leeds, another fantastic game. A lot of really good attacking play. I really enjoyed this one. I've watched. I watched it twice. Um, Hakim Ziyech had a really good chance in the first minute of the game. Uh, so. Started off, started off very quickly, and then um, Calvin Phillips probably it might be the pass of the season. Absolutely fantastic ball into Patrick Bamford, and he rounds uh, uh, Edward Mendy to make it one nil to Leeds. And when you've got the over and the underdog scores first, that is a dream scenario. Dream scenario for me. I took the over, and the underdog scored first, and that's when that's uh, you can kind of breathe a little bit. Uh, because Chelsea came back and were a little angry. Um, 
in the in the ninth minute, I believe this was a very interesting situation. Uh, Olivia Giroud has a header that's going that's going in, and Timo Werner decides to get a touch to it, hits the underside of the bar and pops out. Um, we've all talked about I've I've talked about the struggles of Timo Werner and uh, how dangerous he does look, but he just can't seem to put things away. But now, but in the you know in the first ten minutes of this game, he actively prevents his team from scoring an equalizing goal. That's uh, that's tough to do, you know, even on your worst day. So that was interesting. Uh, Giroud did not look uh, too happy about that, but he ends up getting the equalizer in the twenty seventh minute. I think it was a Reese James cross, and uh, he's been fantastic. He's been he's been very very good over the last few weeks for Chelsea. He's he's getting to the point where you can't not play him. He's just he's scoring every time he goes out there. I think he had he had. I know he had at least three. He might have had four in the Champions League uh, last week. So it's getting to the point where you have to play Olivier Giroud, even though, even though you, I think they want to play Tammy Abraham, kind of build some rapport with the the wingers and 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 Timo Werner that they've got, you know, the young guys. But Giroud has been so good, and you've got a chance to win silverware. You're right there. You're you're in the title race. So you got to play. Who gives you the best chance to win? And right now, it's Olivier Giroud. I think uh, Tammy Abraham's missed some chances in the last couple of weeks, and uh, Olivier Giroud's got to be got to be on the pitch for them. Uh, he's got to be leading the line. So he gets the equalizer, and then right after that, uh, Hakim Ziyech gets injured, and we get to see uh, Christian Pulisic come on. Uh, not sure the extent of the injury for for Ziyech. I'm not. Uh, well, I'm, I really don't know if uh, I can't imagine he played yesterday because I think Chelsea had already won their group. Uh, in the Champions League. So if we'll see him next weekend, I'm not sure. Um, but Pulisic comes on and he ends up scoring the third um, after, you know, um, after Kurt Zuma scores the second. So uh, let's see. It was 1-1 going into the break. And Rafinha had a really good, he had two chances uh, right around the 57th minute to to make it 2-1 to Leeds. And uh, I think he... I think he had them both saved. I think they both, I think Mendy saved them both. Um, and then uh, Timo Werner had a really good, had a had a double chance about three minutes later. And uh, after that, Mason Mount uh, had had his shot deflected out for a corner. And they end up scoring from that. Uh, Kurt Zuma puts Chelsea ahead. Uh, 61st minute makes it 2-1. Timo Werner had a chance to make it um, 3-1 in the 76th. And he missed uh, and then Pulisic makes it 3-1 late uh, to hit my over and give Chelsea uh, a secure win. Uh, few incidents in this game, but the one I really want to talk about is um, Leeds. Uh, I'm not sure what his first name is, but Pavard. When he came on, when he came on Pavard, he was bright and quick, and uh, he was electric. He was great, fun to watch, and I hope we get to see more of him. Um, but he had a he had a situation in the box where Ben Chilwell kicks him um, and there's no VAR check. There's no, he doesn't go down. There's no penalty given. And it looked awfully similar to the Andy Robertson uh, penalty given away on Danny Welbeck, where it was just kind of a, a lazy leg and nicks him. And um, it, it was very, very similar in, in the, in as far as the context of the game. Uh, didn't really affect anything, but at the same time, Chilwell does kick him in the box, and Povard chooses not to go down. And I, 
if he would have gone down, I think they would have had to have given it uh, based on um, what happened because Chilwell does kick him. And he kicks him in the same way that Robertson kicked Welbeck. And I think that's what is one of the reasons I'm frustrated with VAR and another reason, you know, and a reason that a lot of people are is the inconsistency of it. If, if VAR was consistent, then you have to give a penalty for that. And that I think, I think at the time it would have made it 2-2 or a chance, a chance for Leeds to make it 2-2. And because uh, Pavard doesn't go down, they don't check it, they don't look at it, and the game just continues. Um, but if you want to have consistency in the game, then you've got to give that as a penalty. You have to. Because uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating for Liverpool fans to watch that and think, well, wait a minute, you just gave a penalty against us for something exactly like that, and you didn't even go check it. Uh, when it happens, you know, when it happens right now, so uh, that it was frustrating to watch that. Um, because I I want to see consistency in the game. I if you're going to call it, you got to you got to call it every time. You got to You can't pick and choose what you you know what what you want to the decisions you want to make. You've got to be consistent, especially if you're going to take the time, take the you know the minute and a half, two minutes to decide whether or not it's a penalty or whether or not it's offside, then you have to be consistent. You have to, you have to know what you're doing. You have to, you have to understand what's happened in the past and be consistent with those decisions. Um, Cause that's, that would, you know, to give leads a penalty in late in the game when it's two one goals completely change games and who knows what would have happened after that. And uh, it, it's, it's the consistency aspect of VAR is, is what's frustrating people is that it takes forever. First of all, and uh, we, I'm not sure that they even get things right all the time. And uh, to not look at that, what I think was, if you're going to call the one on Andy Robertson, you got to call the one on Chilwell. Uh, to not even take a look at it uh, is uh, is crazy to me. But here we are. Uh, Chelsea ended up winning, winning the game 3-1. And uh, just like in every other Leeds game this season, they have uh, the majority of possession. Chelsea have... Uh, much more, uh, many more shots, <clears throat> and uh, Chelsea win this game. Chelsea were the better team. They are the better team. Leeds, Leeds are not a good defensive team. They're going to score goals, but um, they're going to need to score at least two or three to to consistently beat teams. Um, but I like the way Leeds play. This was a really good game. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was Chelsea, as soon as they pick up the ball, they're looking to attack, and that's <clears throat> that's always fun to watch. Um, my bets here, I had, uh, I, I thought Chelsea were going to win this game pretty easily. So seeing uh, a Leeds goal early kind of scared me a little bit, but uh, ended up not needing um, to be worried about it. Uh, so I won a unit on that, and then I had the over three and a half. So I win two units on that, and um, and all of a sudden I am up on the weekend in the first day, even though I started off uh, you know, three, and, three and three quarter units down on the first two games. Uh, Sunday morning, West Brom and Crystal Palace. Crazy game. Um, Crystal Palace win this game 5-1. It's the first time in Premier League that they've scored five goals on the road. Um, Z- Wilfred Zaha's back, uh, and I, I bet on Crystal Palace specifically because he was back. He is easily their best player, and to the point where I think he's frustrated that he's still there. I know he had to move to, uh, to Manchester United that didn't quite work out. Yeah, I think that was probably five, six years ago now, uh, at least that. Um, but he's too good to play for Palace, and he knows it, and Palace knows it. But as long as he's on the as long as he's on the pitch for them, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. I think uh, you know, depending on the circumstance. But 
against West Brom. I think that's an easy pick uh, to take Crystal Palace, and I, I win that bet. But um, Zaha uh, on in early in the game puts a cross in, and and uh, it's an own goal uh, against West Brom. Um, let's see. So that's that makes it one nil. Uh, Connor Gallagher scores for West Brom a little bit later to make it one one. That's the second goal in as many games. Um, the incident of the match, uh, Mateus Pereira, he gets a red card uh, right after they make it one um, one, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. I I, I think if we're going to be calling stuff like that red cards, uh, I just it's it's supposed to be a contact sport and. I, I just I don't I don't think he kicks it I don't I don't I think to 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 give a red card for that I think is really hard you have to I think you have to judge intent and I don't think there's enough there for you to say yeah he's definitely trying to kick uh, Patrick Van Aanholt there I don't I just don't think there's enough evidence to to say that that's the case so um, to give a red card for that I think is incredibly soft. Um, and after that, the game's kind of over. Uh, West Brom are never going to score with 10 men against any uh, Premier League side. They fought pretty well uh, into into the second half. They, it was still 1-1. But as soon as, as soon as Crystal Palace makes it 2-1, the floodgates are going to open and it's, uh, the game's over. Uh, so Wilfred Zaha makes it 2-1 in the 54th. Benteke makes it 3-1 in the 59th. Zaha scores again in the 68th, and then Benteke scores again in the 82nd to make it 5-1. And um, I don't blame – I don't think you can blame West Brom for, for that. I think it's uh, – for for a team to to fight for a good half an hour with 10 men against a more talented team, and then, you know, you finally concede, um, it's kind of – it's backbreaking. And, and uh, not surprised to see them kind of capitulate the way they did. Um the crazy. This is the crazy stat of the of the day. Is that even with West Brom, with ten men for a good hour, um, the the possession stats are fifty fifty, and uh, this is. I think that's perfect. Crystal Palace is exactly what they want. They don't want the ball. Um, so even with ten men, they want West Brom to have the ball. Um, which it's just that's just the way Crystal Palace want to play. Uh, I had a unit on Crystal Palace to win. Uh, getting pretty good odds on that. Hit that, and then I had uh, you know a bet on the over, which didn't. Uh, I'm sorry, on the under. I thought this was going to be a a one nil Crystal Palace type game, um, so I missed that one. But I'm still up units in the game because of the the uh, the the good odds I had on Palace to win. But I'm not taking a whole lot from this game. Uh, Crystal Palace obviously deserved to win the game, but um, I think that I heard some people talking about how this game will get Slavin Bilic fired, and I think that's crazy. Uh, I think. I think firing a coach after a after a hammering, you know, with a with an early red card, I think is uh, a little insane. And I, I think West Brom have honestly done better than I thought they would. So um, to want to fire a coach for for a result like this, I think is is a little out of control. Uh, we'll see how that goes for the next for the next month. But you're always in trouble when you're when you just bring a a team up to the to the Premier League. So. Um, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get rid of him. I think he's a good manager. Uh, next game was Sheffield and Leicester, and Sheffield, man, they just can't catch a break, can they? Uh, Leicester win this game two one with a late Jamie Vardy goal, and like ninetieth minute. Um, 
I just feel bad for for Sheffield. I think I think they're I think they play really hard. I think they try. I think I, they just don't have the horses up front to to score the goals. Uh, Ollie Burke is just nowhere near good enough to play in the Premier League. Ollie McBurney gets his first goal. He's your starting striker. He gets his first goal in eleven games uh, of the season. Um, you're just not you're not going to do anything with that. You can't you can't play like that. You can't win like that. Um, but uh, Jamie Vardy hits the boast in the in the tenth minute of this game. Um, Ollie Burke had a really good chance in the twenty first, and he couldn't even get a shot away. Um, Ayose Perez makes it one one. I'm sorry, makes it one nil, and then Ollie McBurney scores from a corner to make it one one. And from then on out, it was uh, Sheffield were pushing. I Sheffield were I, I think probably the better team in the first half. That changes in the second. Um, but we did have uh, Lester hit the post in the 46th and, and first half stoppage time. Um, after that, in the second half, it was pretty much all Lester. Uh, Lester were the better team, and um, they had some they had some chances, not not too many. But uh, Jamie Vardy, I think uh, James Madison uh, wins possession right at the middle of the field and plays Jamie Vardy through and. You know what's going to happen if he's one on one with the goalkeeper. He's going to score, so he makes a two one ninetieth minute, destroys the corner flag. Um, but yeah, it's it's very it's very easy to predict what's going to happen when Jamie Vardy gets one on one with a goalkeeper. Uh, but I feel bad for Sheffield. I think they they played really well. They needed a point. They needed something from this game. I think they deserved it. Um, but you can't make a mistake like that, and they give the ball away in the middle of the field. And James Madison, who's one of the best midfielders in, in the league, plays it forward to one of the best strikers in the league, and you can guess what's going to happen from there. So Leicester win this game 2-1. Uh, Leicester dominate possession. Uh, they had significantly more shots than Sheffield did. Uh, I had one unit on, on Leicester to win this game, right about even money, and then I had uh, a unit on the under. On the under? Yeah, the under 2.5. So I lost that one, um, but this this was a good game to watch. I think I think Sheffield are a good team. I think I think at some point in the season they're going to figure it out. They're going to start scoring some goals. I think Chris Wilder is a good enough manager to to kind of manufacture some goals here. Uh, but as of right now, they are they are very very poor the as far as the results go. They just can't they can't find the back of the net, and they really can't keep people out. Um, but. I think I like the way they play. I think they've got good players. They just uh, need a few tweaks, and I think Chris Wilder will get them together. And I, th- I think we'll see Sheffield go on a run here soon. I think they're, I think the the way they're playing, I th- I think they'll kind of put it together here in a little bit. Um, next game, probably the next, probably the game of the weekend, Tottenham and Arsenal. At least you know the, the one with the more sto- with the most storylines. Uh, obviously, Jose Mourinho against Arsenal is always going to draw a crowd. Um, the way Tottenham have been playing, they're you know they're looking like title contenders, and Arsenal are really really struggling. Just can't seem to score. Uh, Mikel Arteta is, I think, uh, well and truly on the hot seat. He's looking like he might not finish the season uh, as Arsenal manager. And um, you always think when Tottenham and Arsenal play that no matter what's going on, Arsenal's going to find a way to do something. Arsenal's going to find a way to to get you know something from the game, but. Uh, I just I after the after this game, I saw so many interviews of of people saying Arsenal played really well and um, deserved to get something from the game. And I'm I I just I can't. I, that's not at all what I saw. What I saw was Arsenal doing exactly what the what the opposing manager wanted them to do. I I saw Arsenal do 
everything that Jose Mourinho allowed them to do. Um, I don't think Arsenal played well. I think Arsenal played right in the hands of Jose Mourinho, and they fell into every trap. And um, I, Jose Mourinho wanted that ball to go down the right side with Hector Be- Hector Bellerin, and because he, he knows Bellerin can't cross the ball, and that, that we saw that so many times uh, on Sunday with uh, with Hector Bellerin on the right side. Uh, he's not a good defender. He he does not put the ball into the, into the box well, and I think. Jose Mourinho's plan was to get him, was to attack him and to let him have the ball. Um, and they played right into their hands. They played, um, they played exactly how Jose Mourinho wanted them to play. And for them, for Mikel Arteta or you know any pundit to say that Arsenal played well, I, they are absolutely dead wrong. That's not at all what happened uh, on Sunday. Um, but a couple, couple interesting incidents in this game. Uh, Hyunming Son scores really, really impressive goal. Thirteenth minute early on. Uh, he's, I think he's at ten goals this season now, and he's fantastic. He's really, really good. Uh, tough to stop. He's very quick, really fast, and and has a hell of a right foot. And uh, he scores a goal from outside the box to make it one nil. And after after that, I kind of felt like, okay, this one's over. Uh, didn't expect anything from Arsenal, and. Um, uh, Kane made it two nil early, or I'm sorry, late in the first half. Uh, from a son um, assist, smashes the underside of the bar and it goes in. Uh, the interesting thing on this one is Thomas Party was hurt on the sideline, and Mikel Arteta kind of pushed him back on, and he ran for a couple steps and then stopped. I think his hamstring was messed up, but uh, people are saying that he, you know, if he's hurt, he needs to go down in the middle of the field, and I I agree with that. I think. You you're hurting your you're only hurting your side when you kind of wander over to the sideline and no one knows you're hurt. Um, yeah, I, I I think he I think he mishandled that, but he at the at the same time he is their best player right now. Uh, in the second half, uh, Alexander Lacazette had a few headed opportunities, uh, but nothing that really troubled Loris. I think a couple right at him. Um, the Arsenal's big chance came uh, in the 83rd minute. Uh, Aubameyang had a one-on-one with Eric Dyer and uh, wasn't able to get a shot on goal. Eric Dyer blocked it pretty easily, honestly, and I think that's kind of the way Aubameyang's uh, season has been. He's just kind of complacent, and he's not 100% there, and I'm not sure if it's a, a physical thing or a mental thing. Uh, he is getting a little older, so and he's always been known as a as just an athletic, you know, a burner type of guy who's just going to out outrun you, uh, and maybe that's not his game anymore. I think he's 31 years old. Might not just be his game anymore, or it could be a complacency thing. It could be I just signed a new contract and and uh, you know I'm settled here. I'm complacent. There's no one really pushing me for a spot, so I don't need to really work hard. And uh, it shows. I think he has one goal. He has that one penalty against Manchester United a couple weeks ago, and um, that's just not good enough for what they're paying him. Uh, so, um, but this game, you look at the stats and you know exactly how this game went. Uh, this is. A Jose Mourinho special. This is exactly what he wanted. This is uh, Arsenal with 70% of the possession. And Jose Mourinho knows as well as everybody that Arsenal don't know what to do with the ball when they've got it. They don't know how to break teams down and to just let them, you know, let them pass the ball around uh, Tottenham's box is exactly what Jose Mourinho wanted. He sits back. You're not going to play through me. So uh, that's, that's kind of his philosophy. And against a team like Arsenal, who really are not playing well, who don't have any kind of um, timing or team chemistry right now, 
they're not going to break that Tottenham team down. Um, so Arsenal have more shots, but Tottenham have more shots on goal and a lot less possession. And I think that's exactly the way that uh, Jose Mourinho wanted it. I had a unit on Tottenham to win. They were getting plus money. I think that was too easy of a bet. Uh, there, were, I don't think there was any way that Arsenal was getting anything from this game with the way they're playing. So I win that one. Uh, but I also had a unit on the over, uh, the over two and a half, which didn't hit, which was disappointing, especially after a 2-0 first half. Uh, I figured we'd at least get one more goal, but that's disappointing. Uh, still positive on that game, though. So, uh, yeah, really interesting game. I think uh, Tottenham are right in the thick of it. I think uh, this is the way that we're going to see Tottenham play for uh, for the majority of the season. Uh, Kane and Son together right now are out of control. They're so freaking good. Uh, Kane, I think, has, now has eight goals and 11 assists in the season in 11 games. That is absolutely staggering. That's, that's wild. Uh, he's been the player of the season by far. It's not even close. There is no number two in that debate. And Son's probably going to end up top scorer if, if this continues. Uh, the two of them up front... You can play, you know, four four defenders, two defensive midfielders, and and uh, and then whoever else. But with the two of them up front, uh, they're they're a threat to beat any team. Um, so very impressive with them. They're they're top of the table on goal difference. Um, but yeah, very impressed with them. Um, next game, last game of Sunday actually was uh, Liverpool four Wolves nil. Uh, a couple interesting things here. Um, I want to say this name right, but Kwame Kelleher, a uh, teenaged Irishman, makes his um, uh, Premier League debut for Liverpool and has a really good save uh, to keep it at nil-nil here in the 16th minute. Um, Liverpool were, were, were dominant early, uh, but didn't get, a, didn't get a first goal until Connor Cody made a mistake and, and let Salah kind of nick it off him and, and Salah scored. Um, after that, Pretty interesting uh, VAR decision. Um, Connor Cody had the ball in the box, and and uh, the referee Craig Pawson, I think it was, he uh, adjudged that Sadio Mane had brought him down. VAR had a look and looked like Sadio Mane hadn't even made a challenge. He kind of put his leg up to make a challenge, but then pulled back. Connor Cody obviously dived, and uh, the right decision was given. And that's, I think that's you know, I think either the first or second time VAR has has given a, a judgment in favor of Liverpool this season. So I'm sure they're they're excited about that. Uh, after that, second half, Wolves had a few half chances. They're going to struggle without Raul Jimenez. Uh, they rely on him so much for goals. I'm not sure what his status is, and I'm not sure if he'll be back this season. I think he's still in the hospital uh, after a pretty bad clash of heads with David Luiz last weekend. But um, they're going to struggle without him. Uh, they've got some really good players. They're essentially the the Portuguese national team. I think half their team, over half their team, is Portuguese. Um, but they're they're really well put together team. I like them a lot. They're just missing that you know that central striker. Uh, I don't think I don't think Podens can be that player. Um, but they're going to beat they're going to beat the, the they're going to beat the bad teams. They're going to win games even without Raul Jimenez. They're a good team, and for Liverpool to put four on them, uh, I think was very impressive. Um, so Wijnaldum scored in the 58th, a really, really good goal, uh, really well-placed. Matip makes it three in the 67th, and then uh, Nelson Semedo. Um, well, it's the story is Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold comes back from his injury, plays in a really, in, plays in a really good cross, and, and Nelson Semedo kind of puts it back, puts it in his own net uh, to make it four. 
Um, Kelleher had another save after that. He was really good. Keeps a clean sheet in his first, in his debut there. Uh, so really good effort from him. Um, but yeah, this was a very, very easy win for Liverpool. No, no real stress with it. Uh, I had a, a unit and a half on Liverpool to win, hit that. And then I had another one on the over, hit that. The plus two units on that game. Uh, fun game to watch. Uh, obviously, me being a Liverpool fan, I really enjoyed it. Um, last game of the weekend was Brighton and Southampton. Southampton won this game 2-1. Um, really good game. I This was this was uh, a surprise, to be honest with you. I, I didn't expect a whole lot from Southampton. I, think they'd be, I thought they'd be a little bit down after after uh, losing three goals in the second half to Manchester United. But uh, Brighton played really well, and and they, they have all season. And then Southampton uh, matched them pretty well, I would say. I think Brighton won the first half, and um, Southampton were lucky to go in the break 1-1. One, one. Uh, two penalties in this game. First one, I think they're, I think they're both... I think they're both penalties, but they don't really feel that good. They don't like, I'd rather them not given, but in the current state of, uh, you know, VAR and all that, I think they're both penalties. Um, first one's a handball on James Ward Prowse. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're at the point of the season. It's just like, okay, if it's a handball in the box, it's a penalty. So they give that one, uh, Pascal gross puts it away. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard has a f- wild, just a flying header uh, from about the 12 yard, about the penalty spot uh, to make it one, one right before the break, which was huge. Uh, I don't think they really deserve to be, to be level at the break, but they, to, to kind of um, steal that goal at the end there is, is, uh, is huge. Yeah. I'd, good team score, great team score late. And I think uh, I, you know, to get a, to get a goal right at the end of half of, of the first half is huge. Um, after that, I thought Southampton were the better team. <clears throat> and, um, I think this, uh, Sully March gives, gives away a penalty in like the 76th minute and it takes five minutes for them to figure it to, 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 you know, go through the whole review process and, and give it to them. Uh, but Danny Ings comes back as his first game back, uh, as a sub and he puts it away. Really good penalty. Um, late on Neil Mope had a chance when he came on to try and, uh, get an equalizer but he puts it just wide. Um, but yeah, the, the, the stats kind of show how good of a game this was. Southampton was 50, 52% possession, pretty even, pretty even on the shots. And there were some, some good chances, some really good defending. And, uh, it was a fun game to watch. It's, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, didn't have any bets on this game. I had, a, I had some personal things going on, uh, for work. So I wasn't able to put any bets down, but, um, yeah, so I end, I end the week, Plus two sixty three uh, on the weekend eight six and one plus two point six three units, and I am uh, back to let's see on the season I am sixty seven eighty eight and nine for minus just about minus nine units, so I was a couple weeks ago I was like negative twenty something units and I brought it back over the last five weeks uh, fifth fifth positive weekend in a row just uh, just throwing it out there fifth positive weekend in a row. And now I'm back down to just about minus nine units. So I'm um, going to try and keep that going six, six in a row and then six weekend in a row. And then I'll have, we'll have 10 midweek games that I'll get to bet on. And then, you know, another 10 games next weekend. So really looking forward to next week. I love the holiday season, especially uh, with the premier league. Uh, always good to, uh, to have, you know, games and games and games and games and games. So um, really looking forward to it. Um, let's see anything else. I think that's it. I think that's it for, for me. 
once again, follow me on Twitter. It's the Damn American Podcast. Uh, I put my picks out about an hour before each kickoff, um, just so I can get a sense of what the lineups look like. But uh, once again, five positive units, five positive weekends in a row. Uh, so follow me on Twitter. It's where I get my picks out. And uh, Merry Christmas. I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>